Hello and welcome, this is the Talk Derby to Me podcast, I'm Blake Fallows, brought to you as ever by Connect Red, SMJ Brady and Elite Football Development. Thank you once again to all those Derby companies for backing us. Another interesting podcast today with a, another interesting lad who's got a brilliant, brilliant story. We've had a few interesting ones of late. Uh, Steve Nicholson last week, that's had a brilliant reaction, some of our best listening figures ever. So if you've not listened to that one yet, go and check Steve Nicholson out. A really interesting story over 35 years of covering Derby County. Today we've got Lee Morris. Lee Morris obviously signed for Derby at 19, I think, um, for £3.5 million. It was meant to be a bit of a wonder kid. It never quite worked out for him. He went on to have a decent career, some brilliant moments, but he's got a brilliant story. He's a brilliant lad. Then we had a bit of a laugh, actually. Um, this was recorded on the day that Derby played Forest two weeks ago, so some of it may sound slightly out of date. I think we both put prediction in, but anyway, let's have a listen to uh, to Lee Morris. He's uh, an absolutely brilliant lad. Welcome, former Derby, Sheffield United, Leicester. I've come to name them all. Uh, Burton Albion. Uh, we ain't got time. I've got games tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Lee Morris. Yeah, all good. Cheers, brother. How are you? I'm all right, thank you, mate. Thank you very much for this. All the way from the uh, the other side of the pond. How's yeah. how's life over there in these in these strange times? Um, yeah, it's all right actually. Um, really enjoying it. I've been here um, nearly five years now, and um, really, I don't want to come back. When I'm watching football on TV and they're all in the big jackets and the the woolly hats are coming out and that now players are in gloves, I don't want none of that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> what is the what is the role over there at the minute? Head coaches, isn't it? It, I'm actually, I'm a director of the club here, so I, um, it would be kind of like a, an academy director is kind of what it like. We've got um, 5,000 kids in our club um, from all ages, from sort of four all the way up to our first team, which is under 23, and I'm, I'm head coach of that as well. Um, so we, our kind of kids are trying to play, go to college, and then after college, you know, university, basically, uh, after college, the process would be going to a draft and try and turn professional that way. Um, so we would be, we have very high level players. We have kids that are just doing it for fun. We have grassroots levels and we have kids that are trying to go on and, uh, and be professional as well. How does it differ from the academy systems over here then to, to there? Do you have to go through the university and college to, to get into a draft and Basically, if you're good, you get a scholarship type thing. That's basically it, yes. Uh, our our kids, we would be the same, pretty much exactly the same as Derby. Mm. So we're, as a club, we're, we play in the very top levels in America for youth kids. But we're not the biggest club. You know, we're a, we're a small town in South Carolina, which is a you know relatively poor state compared to the rest of the country. And... Um, but our kids still have the same drive to go and play at the very top level. Um, some of them will, some of them won't. Uh, but we're just trying to compete with the big clubs any way we can and try and hang with the big dogs and then, you know, cause an upset when we can, really. How did you first get started then? Obviously, finishing in English football. And I know you was around Loughborough Dynamo because I was in and around non-league football then. And I can remember yeah. you you managed there, didn't you, I think? Yeah, yeah. For a short while, I was manager. It was a good... Good laugh, actually. I, I really enjoyed that. And I still, um, the top of the league at the minute, the Dynamos are <laughs> flying. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good. One of the lads is, uh, that I used to coach is now uh, manager there. They, they're doing real well. So I still keep, out, um, keep an eye on them. 
Um, it's amazing what second manager can do, isn't it? How does going to America come about then? Was it just like you've seen a job or did someone approach you and go, come over here and do do this? Well, I was, um, but it originally started, it, it was, I was coaching in the academy at Derby. And um, I mean, it was start of May and I'm in my, my hat, scarf, big jacket, winds coming in sideways, you know, it's freezing it was. And I just thought, if I'm going to do this for the next 10, 20 years, I want to go and do it somewhere warm. Um, so I had a pal who I was an apprentice with, who's actually, um, he's now the executive director at the club I'm at, South Carolina United. Um, and so long story short, I came over to America and kind of randomly bumped into him in Alabama. Uh, then came over, kind of met everybody at the club, loved it. And it was, you know, bigger and, and better than I thought it was going to be at, at South Carolina United and in America, really. So that that was it. I thought it's on the up here. You find it everywhere. And I just I wanted a piece of that, really. For someone who's not involved in the American game at all and obviously sees it from an outside, it seems to have, have grown even in the probably five years you've been there. Do you, can you see an increase in, in like the popularity and the standard? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Higuain just coming over and, you know, players like that, the level's getting better and better. And what's happening is you can get every Premier League game. You go into any pub on a Saturday sort of morning lunchtime, it's on everywhere. Um, in our town... When I came to kind of look at it, I thought I'd see baseball fields and American football fields everywhere. And there isn't, there's football fields everywhere. Uh, and, you know, there's a big sort of like Hispanic population. So it's just growing and growing. And now the sponsorship and the money is coming in and the, uh, the TV's everywhere. That if America kind of latches onto something and likes it, America does it right, you know. So it's it's one of them things that I think in the next 20 years it's it's going to be huge and and another big thing is now that the American players they're starting to go and play in Germany and Spain and one's just gone to uh, Barcelona you got Pulisic at Chelsea things like that are going to make them bigger on the world stage and you know it's coming brother <laughs> where did it, where did it all start for you then football wise can you remember your like getting involved, like your first club, before, obviously before getting into academy football? Well, me, me dad, me dad's a like, legend at Sheffield United. Um, and so I grew up, I remember playing um, on the John Street stand and all of that in the back whilst their games were going on. Me and like Paul Stancliffe's lad, we used to go and play and Keith Edwards and all of them. So I remember being on the uh, on Bramall Lane after games, having a kick about whilst they were all in the, uh, the lounge, having a beer after games and stuff. Um, and kind of just from there, I always, as long as I remembered, I wanted to be a footballer, involved in football, around football. Um, so I, I, I played for a club called Bridlington Rangers uh, when my dad, my dad moved to be manager of um, Scarborough, actually assistant manager to Warnock. Um, and so we moved out that way and I played for Bridge Rangers for a few years. And then I think it was like an unwritten thing that if I was good enough, I'd go back to Sheffield United. Um, and so I did when I was 12, moved kind of like, uh, went over there and started playing for them on Sundays. And, and that was it really. Just uh, stuck with them till, till I came to the Rams. Yeah. Do you remember making your, your professional debut there, Sheffield United? Mm-hmm. 
was 17, then we uh, we played against Wolves. And I remember it was um, Wolves at the time had Tony Daly. I don't remember, you probably won't remember, you might be a bit young. Yeah. But Tony Daly was unbelievably fast and tricky. And so I was like playing up against him and uh, it was quite it was quite a scary day. But yeah, we wound up, I think we won 2-1 um, on the day, which was massive because we were going for the playoffs and I had like 20 minutes at the end. And yeah, it was... Uh, I remember that one still vivid. Yeah, you say like obviously your old man being a, a chef United legend. Did you feel an extra pressure with with that, or did you just go out at seventeen, just think I've just got to go and play? Well, one of uh, I think it was probably one of the biggest receptions of my career was when I got introduced for my debut as Colin Morris's son's about to come on Lee Morris, <laughs> and the stadium went nuts. <laughs> So, yeah, it was all downhill from that moment, I reckon. I never had another one like that. <laughs> so, you say it's all about that. So, obviously, leaving Sheffield United, was, was that a difficult decision to, to come yeah. to Derby County? Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, basically, at Sheffield, what had happened, they had a fire sale, um, got rid of Brian Dean, Fjortov. They had all of this big money. They were going, just running out of money quick. Got rid of all the big players... And so I just got given a chance because there was, you know, they were running out of players and had an injury crisis. So by the time it came to sell me, they were just scrambling around looking for money. And there was me and another lad called Curtis Woodhouse that they looked like they could sell for big money. Um, mine went through and Curtis just didn't at the time, really. Um, but there was Derby and Arsenal were both in for me at the time. And I think basically Derby outbid Arsenal. And I got a phone call on a, a Sunday night saying from Adrian Heath, just saying you're going to Derby tomorrow. Um, and that was it. I was like, right, okay, fair enough. You know, and so I was kind of in a situation where I, I like, I had all my friends in Sheffield. I'd been there forever. I was a young kid and loved Sheffield United, but it was, I knew it was coming. And so I, I just, you know, I had to leave and that was it. So um, Derby was where I was going, you know. It's amazing when you speak to players of different generations because I speak to like, we had Will Hughes on and then when he speaks about um, transfer deals and everything, it's like, oh, so this happened and then this happened and we've got... Whereas if you speak to players from 20-odd years ago, it's like, right, you've got a phone call, right, you're off to X, Y, Z. It's like, you don't really have that much saying it, do you? There wasn't, there wasn't anything. Um, I mean, from a personal point of view, I, I was a young kid at a club with no money. So... I wasn't earning anything like what I was going to be offered at Derby. Um, they were in the Premier League. And so I, there wasn't, uh, I'm not saying this, like I didn't want to come to Derby and there was, you know, it was all downside. It was a massive, massive thing for me and a huge step forward in my career. Um, but there was no, my agent calling me and saying, hey, do you fancy this? And the manager saying, do you think it's the right career move for you at this stage? It was, hey, tomorrow, get in your car. That's where you're going. Done. You know. Did you um? Did you feel pressure? Obviously, you, we've had similar questions to before with with your dad being a legend, but with with the price tag at the time, because I think it made you something like the fourth most expensive teenager in British football or something like that at the time. It's three million pound or or around that mark. Did you do you feel pressure going into a big club with some some big players around and having a price tag attached to you? The see that wasn't uh, no. Not at the time. Looking back on it, 
there probably was pressure on me, but I was a, I was a young, naive kid when the move came about. So I was just proud that somebody would be willing to pay that much. I was surprised, you know, and um, so I, the, the pressure, I never really felt that and I, I never really felt pressure from the Derby fans. And it was more pressure I put on myself um, and it was, you know, frustration, disappointment as, you know, I got injured straight away and then all the rest of it. And, and looking back, there was probably more pressure on me than I thought there was. Um, so now, you know, looking back on it at my age, I kind of realised, yeah, there was pressure. But at the time, God, no, I was just a young kid that was just going out there and trying to play football every day and didn't, you know, couldn't care less about that, really. Yeah. Can you remember, it would have been Rangeway at the time, wasn't it? Not more far. Can you remember turning up, pulling up at Rangeway for the first time and the, the kind of characters that were in the, in that side and in that changing room? I remember looking around and there was like, there was mould growing up the walls in the shower and, you know, it was half flooded because it was next to the river and thinking, my God, is this the Premier League? <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure if it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I remember like, um, I knew I'd been away in a few England under 21 squads and stuff. And I, I knew Seth. Um, obviously, Rory was there. And then we had a bunch of young lads, Paul Boateen and Jacko and Adam Boulder and all of them. So it was, uh, we had a good bunch of young English lads, but it, it was a, a total culture shock from where I'd been, where, you know, Sheffield United was at the time a true, like, English culture. We had English, Scottish and Irish lads and that was it. And so it was a bit of a lively dressing room and stuff. Whereas here I came in and, like, Stefano Iranio was drinking his coffee and, you know, we had uh, all sorts of different languages on the go. And it was just a, a total different kind of dressing room than what I'd been used to, for sure. Did you find it a, a big step up? Training with lads like that from playing from making a step up to the Premier League, and then you, you're suddenly on the pitch with, like you say, the likes of Iranio and, and the yeah. players we had then. You, you kind of look around and go, wow. Uh, again, like I hadn't done a load of research on Derby, I didn't know a lot about them, but it was a big sort of like transitional phase for the club with Stimak leaving. Bayano was there when I signed, but he was just he was gone within like a month. Mm. Iranio stayed for a little while and then, you know, Ravinelli came in and King Cladzi and all of them. But I think I didn't realise what a step up it was until I couldn't get in the team when I was back fit again. You know, and that was the first time I kind of really appreciated, God, this is hard, you know, um, because there was, there was so many good players around and I'd kind of like, I'd, I'd been a youth team player been the best player, got into the first team pretty easily and like kept my place pretty easily. Then all of a sudden, you know, I couldn't get a game and it didn't kind of matter what I did in the reserves. I wasn't getting a sniff in the first team. It was, it was hard, you know, and I, I don't think I realised that for quite a while, how hard it was going to be. Who would the, the gaffer have been when you first signed then? Would it still have been Jim Smith? It was Jim who brought me in, yeah. And Jim, we had the, I got injured the first year and kind of missed the whole Came back the second year and it was when we stayed up pretty much. We beat Man United away 1-0. And then Jim got sacked a few months into my third season there. Then Colin Todd came in for a couple of months and was out pretty quickly. And then John Gregory. Do you think that that maybe stopped your momentum as well at Derby? I, mean, obviously I remember that season where it was John Gregory and Colin Todd and having different managers coming in and obviously 
relegation that season as well, wasn't it? So does does that kill you as a player? We're having different people in the door each time and obviously not getting the results. It was, I think, by the third season, and I was kind of growing up a little bit and, and I felt like I was ready at that point. But I think Jim had kind of made his mind up with me. Um, and Colin was his assistant. And Colin definitely had made his mind up on me. Um, so there wasn't anything I could do. By, by the end of it, I think if I made another appearance, um, the old Chef United 500 grand. And so I, Colin was not going to waste that 500 grand on me at all. Um, so I was iced at that point. But then John Gregory came in um, and I remember we, we did an 11 v 11 on the Tuesday and I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to have a go here. You know, I want to get in his team. And I just, I had a blinder. You know, every time I got the ball, I, I beat the fullback, got a crossing or, you know, got a shot on. So on Thursday, John Gregory pulled me to a side and said, you're going to start on Saturday and you're going to score. You're going to be my best player. And on the Saturday, I want his best player, but I scored. We beat Tottenham 1-0 with the luckiest goal you're ever going to see. I don't know how that went, by the way. But John Gregory, he gave me a big hug as I walked off and then he sent my parents flowers, kind of congratulating them on first Premier League goal and, you know, real nice touches. And after that, I kind of, I got going for Derby just as we got relegated out of the Premier League. So, bad timing, really. I can remember a similar story to that. I can remember, it might have not been that appearance, but there would have been another appearance after that where you got to another, I think it was your 45th appearance. If you got to 45 games, we owed United another 500. And then I remember that at the time and then Derby just, I don't think they could pay it because they're in that much dire straits. But uh, was it difficult with the club struggling and dropping down? Obviously you'd signed for a Premier League club and then dropping down and basically getting rid of a lot of a lot of players. Did you find it find it hard dropping down to Division One? Our see, what was hard was we we went down and then we uh we lost Riggs, you know, we lost Malcolm. We had some good players that we, you know, kind of left the club over the course of time. And it, again, it was just a bit like it had been at Sheffield where it was a transitional time where we were losing big time players and replacing them with kind of young players or inexperienced ones. And you know, they were all cheap. But the expectation for us being, having been in the Premier League for a few years and being a big club was that we should be competing at the top. So it was hard. And, you know, we had the guys the old boys on the radio who every week without fail used to say we were the worst team in Derby's history and we were rubbish and we were getting booed off a load of the time. And it was the expectation didn't marry up to who we had at the club at the time. So it, it was hard being one of them players where we were all trying our nuts off and it just wasn't working, you know, and it, you know, there was stuff going on in the background with takeover bids and all of that stuff. It, it was a frustrating time for the fans. And we had a nice bunch of lads, but we didn't have a bunch of lads that were as good as the expectation was, you know. Yeah. Ignore those idiots at Radio Dolby. They ain't got <laughs> Yeah, you're all the same, you lads. <laughs> uh, you mentioned then about Malcolm and Riggs. We had Riggs on about uh, five, six weeks ago, and he was talking about some of his memories in Malcolm Christie and there's a famous picture of Christy celebrating his goal in that 1-0 game and you're on it. And I think I saw it on Instagram, you put up 
Yeah, 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 on the anniversary or whatever. What are your memories of that day? Because I can remember being a, a youngish Derby fan then and thinking, what wow, that that is. Because <laughs> Man United didn't get beat then. It's about yeah. the league now yeah. when teams get beat. Man United just didn't get beat. Yeah. Well, it was the trophy ceremony that day for winning the Premier League. Um, but my the biggest memories I have it was actually... So the day before, we trained um, near Manchester at Mottram Hall and Pauli got injured with like the last kick of training, but I hadn't noticed it. So we'd done all of the team shape with me not in the team. So I turned up at Old Trafford wondering if I was going to be um, on the bench or not, because it was like Jim Smith era and, I, you know, I was such an in and out player. Well, they've put the team up on the board and done like the team talk a little bit. And I'm looking just at the subs and I wasn't in it. So I was like, Man United away and I can't get on the bench. I was so pissed off. So like, I, I've like pretty much sat and sulked through the team talk. And like, as soon as he's finished, I've got up and kind of like gone and sat in the baths area and I'm like kind of kicking my boots around a little bit, thinking, oh God, I'm going to have to sit. I'm not going to even be allowed on the bench. I'm going to have to sit behind in the stand and watch the lads play. And so then Jim Smith's kind of like come walking in and said, right, okay, so when you get the ball, I just want you to kick it and run as fast as you can. And said all of this stuff. And I'm, so I've gone back in and looked at the team sheet and I'm starting. And it was like, bloody hell. I, I didn't expect that. Um, so, you know, I was like, obviously really happy and um, gone out and it was because I hadn't been kind of dwelling on it from the day before, all the pressure of thinking of starting and staying awake all night and being nervous. I went out and um, I had one of my, probably one of my best games for Derby that day. Um, and kind of like I'd gone round Bartes at one point and should have given it Mali and Mali should have scored from me. I somehow managed to miss it and we hung on. But it was like, I just remember having a real good game um, that day and us staying up was was a massive deal. Um, so yeah, I have real fond memories of that. Where does it rank with your, your Derby memories? Because I put it out on social earlier and and people have put a few different things and and like the, the goal against Tottenham because that was obviously a big win. Yeah. Man United win. What are your favourite memories of the the time at, at Derby? Well, that that would that would rank up highly. You know, first Premier League goal that running. When we got relegated, I hit some good form, that that kind of thing. So I look back on that, was definitely one of my strongest periods for I scored four goals actually in, in the running that year. And um I, that whole time, you know, getting to go away and play at Liverpool, play at Man United. I remember getting we got beat five one at Tottenham and it was the best atmosphere in the world that day at the old White Hart Stadium. And I, I have some good memories of what was a a tough time in my career in Derby's period, really. Um, but I'd say the Man U's right up there and Tottenham's right up there, really. Do you think it's hard to say in retrospect, and, and football is never really like asking this, bit, answering this, sorry, I don't think, but do you think if it had married up at different times, you maybe would have had longer at Derby, more success at Derby? Obviously, you joined near enough at the start of a, a really shit period for the club. Yeah, yeah. I think, looking back on it, I, I think the perception of me would have been that I was always injured at Derby and I was injured for long periods of time. And really, I had 
I broke my foot and missed the first season. Um, but after that, for the majority of time, I was fit. Um, and just not getting in the team. You know, I had little niggles and I pulled my hamstring a couple of times and stuff like that. But my injuries really hit hard after I left Derby and when I went to Leicester. Um, I just think it was one of them times when I came, I think expectation was probably bigger than where I was at my career at the time, signing at 19. I wasn't a fully kind of finished Premier League player at the time. I needed another probably two years. Getting relegated at the time, I think if we hadn't got relegated, it could have gone it could have gone differently for me. But I think I look back on my time at Derby really quite frustrated that it never quite went the way that I kind of hoped it would. You know, and, uh, it was a it's a sad one really because um, it was such a good club to be at, and. Um, one of the, the one of the biggest things for me was I was lucky to go back when Nigel got the job and I kind of went and coached in the academy, and that was such a brilliant time in my life to be able to go back and be at Derby and be part of a real brilliant academy setup. That that was when I think of Derby now, I think more of my time at the academy than I do actually the playing times, you know, which is weird. It is really, isn't it? Well, <laughs> You mentioned Nigel, and you went. To, you played for Nigel, didn't you, briefly at Burton Albion? That was that the year that they, they got out of the conference. Yeah. yeah. We've had. It's almost a a fifty fifty split, and we won't get into it. But we have some players that come on and absolutely adoring Bryson Hughes. Yeah. Get a few that have given a bit because they're not kind of his type of player. Yeah. You're an Nigel Clough fan from I've seen your time. How did you find him as a as a gaffer? So, with me. I just, I, I liked him because he was just straight. You know, he would, if you'd been rubbish, he'd come off and he'd say, you were rubbish. If you were good, he would say you were good. And there was, it was just totally black and white. There was no mind games. Everybody knew where they were. If you weren't in the team, you knew why. If you were, you knew, you know, and I liked that. That was, for me, I, that's the way I worked. I, I struggled with people who you never quite knew what was going on and, They'd go in and say, oh, yeah, I love you. You're doing great. And then you would be, you won't be on the bench at the weekend. You know, that. just be honest with me. So, Nigel, I couldn't speak highly enough of him as a man. I thought he was fantastic fella, fantastic coach, and I loved him, you know. Yeah, I think there's a correlation. I don't think any of the ones that slagged him off will ever listen to this podcast ever again, so I can say it. I think there's a correlation between lads who did well under him and lads who didn't get anywhere near yeah. and then they've got a kind of... But yeah, that's every manager that one, I'm afraid. But Nigel, his remit was a big clear out, wasn't it? When he came into Derby, he had to do a, a big clear out, and that was a transitional time. And yeah, it's not good to be on the wrong side of them times, I tell you. <laughs> Where did you rank with the gaffers you played for then? Could you pick a favourite gaffer? One of one of the reasons I kind of went into coaching was was about him, um, because. I kind of looked at it and we had a, I had a brilliant time at Burton. It was right at the end of my career. And, you know, getting promoted at that time after the career I'd had was just massive for me personally. And he kind of made me want to stay in football um, beyond, you know, playing days. So for him, he's right up there as one of the top, top people. Him and funnily enough, John Gregory, who probably isn't viewed that well at, at Derby at times, but he linked the other yeah, day to come back. 
There was a, a story that they came out and dismissed that Rooney's going to get the job, John Gregory assistant, but it's, it's come out that uh, they've got the same agent. And it's uh, so, yeah, a bit of a dodgy son story, I think. But he's on dodgy ground at the minute. We've got Forrest tonight. And then I was going to ask you about that. How nervous are you? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been this nervous for a Derby Forest game. Not coming at a good time, this one, is it? <laughs> the amount of times I've spoke to people, I'm, I'm a big Derby fan. He went home and away before words at Radio Derby, and I know all these Derby fans. And the amount I've said to him today, where are you watching it? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. And honestly, that many people have said they're not watching it because it's. But they, they've had a they've had a stinker as well. They've they've yeah. got one more point than us, I think. Yeah, so. he was. I thought Hewton was a good appointment for him, but very good. What, uh, what's going on? Why are uh, why are they struggling so much? Because I'm looking at it, they had, you had some good times last year. Yeah, no money. Like we we went in, got offered Harry Wilson on loan for the season, couldn't afford it. Uh, Connor Wickham, I don't think we could afford it. We got Kazim Richards in. For yeah, the season, which is, I mean, no, I'm not going to call it because he's not played a game, but just a bit of a strange to come from Mexico, 13 years yeah. out of English football. Um, it, I think they're focusing on bringing a lot of young lads through, which they are, and it's going to be a bit of a wait. Um, another trans- uh, transitional, another Nigel Clough type. Yeah. Where yeah. had five years of throwing everything at it. Yeah. Up, losing at Wembley and losing in playoff semi-finals. And I think it's just, we can't just keep throwing money at it. I think we've just got to be patient and he's trying to build something from the academy. Yeah. Well, he's he's done a good job. Like I've been, I was lucky that my little... My time at Derby uh, Academy was all them lads, you know, Max Bird and Louis Sibley. And um, I was there the first 90s trial. When 90 came in on trial, I was there to watch that game. And, you know, like, it's been brilliant for me sitting across here and seeing all these lads all of a sudden start playing. Um, And just, you know, to kind of, I know that kid and I coached him a little bit. You know, it's unbelievable the amount of pride you get, you know. Can you remember all them boys then? And and did they stand out at the time? Oh, I mean, Louis Sibley was an absolute wrecking ball when he was, uh, I think I was with him when they were like under 13s, under 14s age groups. And he was just beyond his years, like a throwback of running around and smashing people. And then Max Bird was kind of gliding across the glass. He was just a, a Rolls Royce of a player. You could tell at them ages. And they've got a couple more coming through Derby, I think there's a... Tyree's one, Tyree Wilson was always so exciting and a character. And it, they've got some brilliant talent. They've done the youth side very well for years now, Derby. And it's it's good to see them actually giving them a chance. Yeah. Is that is that thanks to to Wassel and Pat Lyons and, and everyone that's involved in it? Yeah, I mean, to be a... You don't stay in a job for 10 years now in youth football. That's one of the reasons I'm over here, because I wanted a bit more stability and not to get sacked every year. Um, but, you know, Pat and Darren to be there so long and to have brought that stability and everybody else, Justin's been there a lot of time now. It's because they're doing a good job and they're good people. And, you know, that I was lucky to get the chance to work with them. They kind of, they're inspirational people that do real good jobs. Lovely. Uh, we, we mentioned Derby and Forest tonight and we mentioned favourite Derby memories. I think you saw it on Instagram because you liked it, but I put up that one of my favourite memories of you was actually not for Derby County. Um, yeah. Scoring for scoring for Yeovil against Forest. What, what was that like? Hey, that's going to be my legacy to Derby, you know. 
that it, what's your favourite, if you ask people what's your favourite memory of Lee Morris, it'll be playing for Yeovil, I tell you. <laughs> He's unbelievable. I get so much better about that. But uh, that, uh, like, for a career highlight night, that was, that was it. They had a, on the night, we turned up at Forest, and I remember we were in the middle of the warm-up, and it was Russell Slade was our gaffer, another brilliant, brilliant fella. Halfway through the warm-up, he comes sprinting around the pitch, stop, stop, stop. Look at that. And they were advertising buses to Wembley already. And they had these little typings. They beat us 2-0 at our place, but we battered them. And um, so, yeah, that was one of them nights where it was, if we get off to an early start, they'll panic. And the stadium was full. They were all ready to celebrate. So I'll tell you what, that was, it was like a morgue that night was at Trembridge. It was so good. It was, um, it wasn't until late on, didn't you see, wasn't it like 82 and 88 or something to take its extra time, then like the first minute of extra time to go yeah. ahead. It was like really late, that, wasn't it? For me, that like the year, I'd had two and a half years out injured at Leicester. And then at full time, I came running off the pitch. We, we scored late on, 86, I think it was when um, Stewie scored to take it to extra time. And I thought they were going to try and sub me off extra time so I had like a bit of a standoff with Russ saying I'm not going off you're not subbing me off and um, so then we went out and it was like two or three minutes into extra time that I scored that one and that would have won it for us so I thought I was going to be the hero um, then they went straight up the pitch and scored so oh god it was like that was to take it to penalties and then 118th minute uh, was when we scored the winner and that was like kind of that was a hell of a moment Former, a former Derby and Leicester player going to Forest and doing that—that's uh, at some moment. But like you say, there's not many, there's not many players can sit there on a, on a club's podcast and go, uh, I, "I may, I scored 17 goals, 90 appearances, but my best moment was playing for Yeovil Town." <laughs> Honestly, unbelievable. But yeah, that was a—I'll never forget that night. I tell you, just that I've forgotten Wembley already. When we went there, that was a—I <laughs> wish we hadn't now. Yeah, because that's the year that Derby went up as well. So we it was we best year at Wembley, yeah, yeah. So I can remember Forest fans booking all these coaches and everything, and they would have been at Wembley the day before, and there was all this thing about oh Derby and Forest are going to be in Wembley at the same time and all that. And then watching, oh, just incredible. I remember that. It's just incredible, incredible. Any um, any regrets looking back over your over your career? Anything you'd probably go back and change now? You're a, a wise old coach. Um, no, I don't think, I think from where my career started, you know, and, and how it went with all the injuries and stuff like that, it was, I had some tough times and it, it didn't turn out the way that I kind of, I hoped it would, you know, when I, when I first started out and the way that it was looking to way it went, but I don't think you can have any regrets. I, I think I gave it everything that I had and you know, I, I get to, I get to be here now. I, I love coaching this side of the pond, and I love my life. You know, I'm, I, I'm one of the luckiest people in the world to have got to where I am in life, where I get to do what I love every day. And so, I, I don't think you can have any regrets on on anything that you do at that stage. You know, you just got to be thankful for how how you've got it. You know. Can you ever so, see a return to English football at any point? I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. You know, I, one of the things I miss is being able to go to games. 
and you know being able to watch like I'll not be able to find the derby game tonight and I would love to um and that's being over here that's one of the things you miss but I've got no aspirations to go back there and and be involved in that side of it I like being part of this where we're we're trying to build something here that I would love to be able to be part of a crew that could bring professional football to where I am, you know, and, and add professional football to our club. And I think it, that's a realistic dream for us to have. Um, and that's really what, if I could do that and be part of a community club that was bringing something to, to build for kids' futures, that's really where I'm at now. Brilliant. And thank you so much for that, mate. Thank you for your time. And genuinely one of the favourite ones I've done. We've had, a, we've had a right laugh, mate. So hopefully we'll, we'll catch up again in future and uh, I'll be looking out for SC United. I'll have to buy a top in that now. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's, uh, I've had a good laugh with bringing back some good and bad memories for sure. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Take care, mate. Thank you very much.